welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear... Check. Here we go. Magic Pisces Podcast. Let me make sure that the correct microphone is plugged in. And it is. Houston, we have liftoff or whatever. So... Hope you're doing well. I'm more inspired to release more episodes as of late. I've been trying to work with the energy or the power um, or the spirit or the essence of inspiration. So inspiration being in spirit, as I've said many times before. So inspiration in spirit, God speaking with you and God he, she, it, whatever, speaks with you via inspiration, and your job is to take those inspirations and do something with them. So get them into integrity. Inspiration plus integrity equals infinity. And it's, it's very challenging accessing inspiration, and just accessing the inspiration itself can be uh, a job or a way that you make use of time. So I just, I literally just spent um, probably at least an hour sitting on my couch listening to a dead show uh, from 1978. Hold on, I had to look it up. Specifically, 5-10-1978, Dick's Picks, volume 25. I, I woke up and I said my morning prayers and did my little morning whatcha meditation and whatnot. I've had the flu, so the flu always slows me down and gets me really present. It's, a, it's kind of a gift, honestly, because I can't do anything except lay there or sit there or whatever. So I was feeling a little bit better this morning, but I still have a little bit of it. So I, I got really present, and then I put my headphones on, plugged into my Mac, because it's louder if you, the Mac is louder than the iPhone, and uh, plugged my headphones into my Mac, and I listened to a good majority of the second set of Dick's Picks 19, uh, Dick's Picks 25, and I, I, you just start to trip out after a while, so all of a sudden, I'm in this transcendent type of a place. It's almost as if I've, I've moved beyond this normal three-dimensional reality and I'm existing in this other reality. And the, the, the notes of the music are like tickling, tickling my soul in the way that the notes of only the Grateful Dead can. Their music is so deeply magical and transformative in and of itself and and then all of a sudden I just get this idea for this little seg or whatever it is you want to call it to put into my book regarding music and the impact that music had on my soul from a very early age and and so the words just kind of spilled out onto the page and all of a sudden I'm writing about how you know the first music music that actually the first um, band that really touched me, that really got through to me was Journey. Jer- I loved Journey. I remember right when MTV came out 
and I saw the video separate ways off of the Frontiers album, which is a freaking great album. It's got that song Faithfully on it, which is just a beautiful song. And, uh, but the, the video is for separate ways. And um, it, something about it, I was like, I love Journey. I was like eight. And I was like, I freaking love Journey. I want the Journey tape for Christmas. And I got the Journey tape for Christmas. And a couple years later, I think I was in sixth grade, my dad gave me for Christmas the um, Rubber Soul and Abbey Road by the Beatles tapes. And I heard the song, I Just Seen a Face, where if you were to go out and buy, if you were to download um, Rubber Soul by the Beatles off like iTunes or Apple Music or whatever, it's likely that the first song would be Drive My Car. But the original tape and record, the first song, is this song called I've Just Seen a Face, which is just, it's one of the coolest Beatles songs out of all of them. It's just, I've just seen a face, I can't forget the time or place where we just met. She's just a girl for me, and I want all the world to see we've met. La -da 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 -da. I used to sing it, actually. I used to sing it at open mics, and at some, I sang it at most of the shows that I played my, in my very brief musical career. But that song, I heard that song in like sixth grade when I was like 12. And I was like, this song is freaking awesome. And there was also, um, you know, prior to that, there was um, along in, in the journeys, in the journey era, there was, of course, Michael Jackson Thriller. There was Cyndi Lauper. Her music is super freaking cool. Cyndi Lauper's music is rad. Um, what's that song? Shebop? Check out the Shebop video. <laughs> like, Google Shebop, Cyndi Lauper. It's this, it's super trippy. Like, there's just some, there's something very cool and interesting and um, deeply and richly creative going on in, in that song and that video. And then... Um, remember she had the videos with the girls just want to have fun video. She had Captain Lou Albano in her videos, who I believe was Hulk Hogan's uh, manager at some point in his wrestling career. So, you know, back then there was this sort of like really cool um, cross crossing of uh, cross cross pollination of um, various phenomenal logical um, Various artistic and um, what's what's the word athletic phenomenon, right? I don't know if you want to. Call, I guess yeah, professional ref wrestling is definitely a form of athleticism, but it's also an art form when you think about it. Just like skateboarding is an art form. But but anyway, so there was this music like touched me very very deeply, and then the first time I heard the band um, Naked Raygun. An amazing and highly influential punk rock band. One of the most influential punk bands of all time. Um, but very kind of just, they will always exist beneath the radar, which is one of the things that makes them so cool. But anybody who really knows music or really knows punk rock in particular knows uh, Naked Raygun. And Dave Grohl, actually, when uh, Foo Fighters played Wrigley Field, I believe he had Naked Raygun open for the Foo Fighters. And Dave Grohl, who's incredibly gracious and goes out of his way to acknowledge those who became, uh, give credit to and acknowledge those who came before him. But um, he, he basically said at Wrigley Field, after Naked Reagan opened for the Foo Fighters, that there would be no Foo Fighters if it weren't for Naked Reagan. So Naked Reagan, there's something, a 
about them that was very, very um, just it kind of dark. Um, I believe that they were conservative politically. Um, like they got us, one of their songs um, is called Leeches, and there's this this um, line that goes, "Take a blue, take a bleeding heart liberal to lunch today." I got not much in common at lunch today. I think that's the the line, but look it up. It's called Leeches by Naked Reagan. Um, so there was this, they had this conservatism to them, and it's interesting as well because they, um, they, they had a, a skinhead following, and the skinhead scene in Chicago in the 80s was freaking gnarly. Um, there's this guy I follow on, which, and, and being a skater, right, being like 13, and hearing from like the 17-year-olds about the skinheads in Chicago at the Naked Raygun shows, right, was really, there was something deeply fascinating about that. So I don't want to go off on a Chicago skinhead tangent, but check out Box Cutter Brigade on Instagram if you have any interest in that, because he, he's this guy on, who was like a leader of one of the skinhead gangs in Chicago has done an, a, an amazing and fascinating job of sort of chronicling all of that um, in some sort of uh, Instagram anthology. It's really cool. Um, but anyway, when I heard that band, Naked Reagan and also The Descendants, I heard Naked Reagan and The Descendants on the same day at this skate ramp in Glen Allen that I used to go skate at after school in eighth grade. And, and there was just something about Naked Reagan that was just, it moved my insides. There's a line in my book um, that says, I believe, I heard Naked Reagan and things deep inside me turned to punk. And, and it was true. Like, something happened when that punk rock hit me. Now, there was something about the, the Cindy Lauper, uh, Lauper um, sort of, phenomenon that really sort of grasped me, grasped me as a, a, you know, an eight or a nine-year-old. I was like, the fact that she's, I just remember thinking without necessarily even thinking it, um, that that chick is a total fucking freak. And that's how I want to be. I want to be like that when I grow up. I mean, I remember like thinking that very clearly, like whatever that is, I want to be that. I want to be punk. I want to be whatever. And I remember I had like the headband sunglasses in the 80s. Like I had my dad take me to the mall to get them. <laughs> like it was just who I was. Like I couldn't really, we can't help being who we are. And when you fight against who you are, that's, that's when you start to encounter all sorts of problems, right? Um, you might encounter a lot of problems as the result of being who you truly are also. But anyway, I just remember being like, that is, whatever she is, is cool, and I want to be like that, right? And so then, uh, you know, in, in childhood terms, you know, the difference between 8 and, like, 13 is a freaking eternity. Like, five years is an eternity when you're a child, right? But um, when I heard this punk rock music just a few years later, I remember just being like, this shit is so fucking cool. This is the coolest music I've ever heard. Because I loved music, obviously, growing up, and I loved um, the songs on the radio growing up. And then <coughs> in, like, seventh grade, <clears throat> I remember 
sixth and seventh grade, I was really into oldies. There was this station in Chicago, Magic 104.3, uh, the Magic 104, and um, I, I loved oldies. They were so, um, they, they, just, they just sang to me. They spoke to me. And, but then as, as I discovered more of who I was and I discovered um, skateboarding and my love for skateboarding and boards in general, riding boards in general, um, this, this punk rock was like this new, this new sort of a thing, right? There's a line in one of the Bad Religion songs. The song is called Billy. And um, there's a line that goes, Billy had a yearning in his corner, in the corner of his mind. It moved him secretly. It moved him powerfully. And, and that was sort of how I felt when, when I heard Naked Raygun and then The Descendants as well. And it was so cool. You know, fast forward another, what, 15 years from there, 10, 11 years from, from the point of having heard The Descendants. I'm friends with one of The Descendants, um, Carl in Fort Collins, Colorado, and then playing in a band with him, which was interesting how that just sort of happened. Anyway, um, so music was like this beautiful thing. And then, and then, you know, you move fast forward a couple of years beyond there. I'm 16 years old, and I'm at a Grateful Dead concert at Soldier Field, wandering around this parking lot on LSD, um, about to have my mind thoroughly blown by music, to have my, my soul um, just, just shattered to bits and then sort of reconfigured into this tie-dyed kaleidoscope, tie-dyed kaleidoscopic mosaic of sorts. And, and this was after having seen a couple of real punk rock shows and, and having the pleasure of seeing um, some amazing music in Chicago um, b before having seen The Dead. And I still went to shows after having seen The Dead. Um, but I remember seeing um, a, a handful of shows like my junior, junior year in high school before I saw The Dead. But then once I saw The Dead, I mean, it was like, I mean, the dead are, they completely are brainwashers. Like, you really get brainwashed by their music. But the thing that I was just writing about as the result of listening to them this morning um, was that when I would, I would go to their shows and I would, you know, drop acid or take a, usually drop acid. And, and when the music, when they would go into these jams, these beautiful jams, and the music by the dead in the 90s was just really not very good. It just wasn't. But there was, there was this um, spirit. It had its moments, but overall it wasn't very good. Like their last great year was 1990. The, the spring of 1990 was their last, right up in, until Brent Midland died. When Brent Midland died, it was all downhill. But, um, and then Jerry died, and once Jerry died, it was over basically, except that it wasn't, because they're still, they're, those guys are still freaking playing, and hats off to them, they're, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge their commitment, um, they are truly extraordinary human beings, but, but anyway, the, the, there was this spirit that the dead embodied, that, that, that would infiltrate the spirits, or possess, you could say, the spirits of those in the audience, and, and every time they would go into their jams, there was this like 
aha, whoa, or, or like, oh, yeah. And it was like this remembering. It was like I would remember the place, this magical land that I would someday return to. I, that's the only way I can describe it. I would just, I would remember the land that exists beyond the veil. And I would know that that is the land that I will someday return to. And this experience that I had with the Grateful Dead was not unique, right? Everyone or a good majority of the people who ended up at Grateful Dead shows, I mean, you basically end up at a dead show. Like your friend tells you about it or you hear about it or someone tells you how amazing it was. And so you get a ticket or somebody gives you a ticket or whatever, you make it a priority to go see them. And then, you know, somebody gives you some acid and then the music takes you away to the magical land. And as the result of being transported, teleported, uh, as the result of transcending this world and going into that world, as a result of all of that, um, you make it a priority, to say the very least, to get to the next show. And this is how tour, the, tour, the touring began. People have such profound experiences at a Grateful Dead concert or had such profound experiences that the next concert became the only thing in their entire life that they cared about. They jumped in VW buses and it was off. They were off, right? And one of the things, however, that I was writing about this morning was that as the result of you know, stepping into this world, taking this long, strange trip, there were all sorts of inherent risks, um, particularly involving drugs, the things you could do on drugs, um, the, the things that others could make you do because you were on drugs or that could influence you to do because you were on drugs because, um, be, because of all of the influences um, that sort of sur that that permeated the culture of the Grateful Dead. There's all sorts of places where this journey that you find yourself on could go horribly wrong, uh, particularly in uh, particularly regarding the fact that you could very very easily end up in prison. And one guy that I know, great guy, he went to prison twice as the result, not once but twice for two completely separate. Things really smart guy too, but he ended up in prison twice, and you know he went to he had to fight and shit. He's a little guy, I mean, he's a short guy, um, strong but not a big guy, right? Um, and he had to fight, and he had the full on prison experience. But um, it was there, there was just all sorts of traps inside of this little world. Now, when you think about it spiritually. When you ingest a substance as powerful as LSD, it opens up your crown chakra to all sorts of influences. And if you are not being, you could argue, perfectly guided or appropriately guided, um, then things can go real wrong real fast. I mean, I was just writing here again, as I mentioned, about how I could very easily have ended up the guy doing the guy doing time for some motherfucker's crime, which is a song off the so uh, line out of the song Warfrat um, by the Dead, obviously. And and there was this one time where I was driving and um, I got pulled over, 
after a fish show, which is in the 90s, it was kind of like the same scene or it was a sub scene um, of the, the, the dead scene. Uh, but I got pulled over by a cop as the result of following the directions of the kid sitting next to me, shotgun, which was down the wrong way down a one-way one street. And I got pulled over and they let us go. I haven't been drinking or anything. The cops let us go. But um, turns out that this other kid who had been in the car, whose name I won't mention, um, had left a sheet of acid underneath the passenger seat, called me the next day. He's like, I need to get that sheet of acid that I left underneath the passenger seat. Now, had I been, had the cops not been as cool as they were and hadn't let me go, I would have been, I would have ended up doing crime for time for some motherfucker's crime. Straight up, right? This, per, this particular person who I'm referring to has a sort of uh, risen to the, the level of almost like legend or had risen to the level of like folkloric type of a legend. He was almost like a Saint Stephen in his own right. But he was also uh, a human being who was responsible probably for, or possibly for multiple people ending up in prison as the result of that sort of, the, the, those selfish type of shenanigans, right? But this, so, but, but, all of these dangers that I'm, you know, um, mentioning are also what made the, the, the trip that the dead presented to people to take so exciting. So it, there was this entire universe encapsulated within the grateful, the, 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 the world. There's this entire universe encapsulated within the music of the Grateful Dead. It wasn't just the music, though. It was the culture. It was like there was nothing like stepping onto the lot of a, a dead show, magical and mystical and sense of, uh, you know, the, the um, scent of sage would come, you know, uh, what's, what's the word? The scent of sage would come, the, the scent of sage would come wafting through and the sense of, weed would come wafting through and the sense of patchouli were in, you know, permeated the air and there was, it was just, it was so, it was just one of the most amazing things a human being could ever experience in this lifetime. So music, right, is, is so powerful. And one of the things that I'm continually referring to in the, the book that is within, at this point, inches of being finished, um, is, is feelings. I had so many fucking feelings, and anger was one of the feelings. Anger would make me put my fist through fucking walls and pull my hair out, literally, and bang my head against the table, and ah! But feeling also, the, but, but music, right, um, would help me to feel different things powerful things, beautiful things, lovely things, emotional things, right? I just feel, feel, feel. My whole life I've been fucking feeling. And music was just this way um, for me to feel things. Now, sort of the unfortunate thing was that you, you don't, when you're a kid, you, you don't realize there's no self-awareness. There just is what's existing in these, in, in the moment. And so even with the dead, right, there was, there were these experiences, but there was no awareness around the fact that this is a very deadly game. This is a very deadly game that, you're, that you've stepped into or stepped onto the board game of the metaphorical board game of or whatever, right? So 
but but the 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 experience itself was beyond comprehension and so here i am it's it's 30 30 years i saw the dead for the first time in june of 92 so it's 30 years after my first dead show and still i connect with the music from 1978 today that was written um, 15 years before I even, or, or made 15 years before I even saw them in 92, 14 years before I saw them in 92. And, and it still has that effect on the psyche. And, and that, again, is what makes them so brilliant. And the thing that doesn't really get, the thing about the dead, um, particularly amongst the, like the, the fans, like the deadheads, the deadheads don't talk too much about the dark side of, uh, of all of it. The fact that there were people who did time for motherfuckers' crimes. And the deads, the, the lyrics of the deads' music and the characters of their songs have this way of, I don't want to say like mocking all of it, but the dead sing about all of that stuff in their songs. You know, and then there's, there's the song Terrapin Station in the Shadows of the Moon, right? Terrapin Station, and I know you'll be there too, right? Terrapin, I can't figure out. Terrapin, if it's the end of the beginning or the beginning. Terrapin, and the trains put its brakes on. Terrapin, and the whistle is screaming. Terrapin, da-na-na-na-na, da-na-na. I mean... The, the shit is just, there's this whole, when you were at a dead show and they played Terrapin Station, it was like you went to Terrapin. <laughs> it was like you existed in this magical land in the shadows of the moon. And, and it sounds cheesy, but it, it, was, it was not. It was the most amazing experience a human being could have. Right? You see the dead play Scarlet Fire, and it's like you are transported to the world of Scarlet Begonias with rings in the fingers and belt, you know, it's like, but, but it was, there was something about it that was unlike anything that's ever been done or ever will be done. Now, Fish, right, Fish, you know, they're going to sing about fucking Gamehenge and Wilson, King of Lizards, and all that shit you know <laughs> it did not like and I, I get that like you're not supposed to compare fish to the dead but how could I, I've always thought like how could you not it's a band that millions of hippies follow all over the world right hundreds of thousands of hippies follow all, all over the world a jam band that of rel very talented musicians I'm not discrediting fish uh, in regards to talent they are incredibly talented but you know, I saw I saw one of the the apparently one of the greatest fish shows ever, which was Red Rocks 1993. It was literally the first day I got to Colorado, and I was sort of loaded into a band with all these fish, all these fish heads, you know, um, and it just it didn't I couldn't I couldn't get into it. And apparently, this Red Rocks 93 was one of the best fish shows of all time. I I don't know I, I've 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 tried so many times to get into the music of Fish, and I actually did see them. Uh, I saw Fish three times, and there were moments, they played this song, Divided Sky, in, 19, I believe it was 94? Yeah, it was 1994 at uh, UIC Pavilion in Chicago. 
They played Divided Sky, and Divided Sky blew my fucking mind. But that was that was like it. That was I think they played Wilson too, and I was into Wilson, which is a cool song. They may have played Chalk Dust Torture, which is a if you listen to Chalk Dust Torture off the live, it's called the album is called Alive One Fish Alive One. The Chalk Dust Torture on that is it's phenomenal. I mean it's it's. It's just a brilliant musical creation. Aside from that, I could just do uh, th- those, you know, two or three songs I could really do without Fish. Um, I've, I've, at each of the shows I went to, you know, there was just this point in each of the jams that they played, or most of the jams that they played, where I was just like, eh, no, I don't like this. It was somewhere between, I don't like this and this totally sucks. And, and I, I mean, I get why people like fish, sort of. But what I don't, what I don't get is how people who love fish um, don't get how people could feel the way that I feel. Although they probably do get it, at least to some degree. So, um, music, music, music. Thanks for listening. I wasn't expecting this podcast to have anything to do with the Grateful Dead, but it is what it is. Have a beautiful day. Talk to you next time. God song. One, two, three, four. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening, there were demons disguised as angels in shiny foily packets containing China heroin. Vodka bottles, the filthy escapades, my morning hustle on the train. And the angels watching over me, the God that I could never see as I wandered alone through city streets. And the whores, the whores, the whores were my friends. The hookers and the junkies and the other deviants. They beat me to submission till I cast aside my demons and that's when it came.
Sweetie. 